a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. The bat pulls. May the force be with you. Who is that masked man? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell, and for the next hour, we're going to excite, entertain, elucidate, and educate you with news, information, and exciting discussion about your favorite geeks. This is Fantastic Forum. Geeks of the Earth, it's party time! All right, first, some genre-related news before we get to today's discussion. Comic-Con International was held last weekend in San Diego, California. The event is the granddaddy of comic conventions. The inaugural multi-day event was held in 1970 as the Golden State Comic-Con and has grown to become one of the premier pop culture activities attended by over 100,000 individuals. Marvel Studios was notedly absent from the convention, but Marvel's television offerings were there, and fans saw footage from the upcoming Wonder Woman sequel and the debut of trailers for Aquaman, Shazam, Godzilla, Glass, and the new Teen Titans live-action television series. San Diego Comic-Con, while its focus isn't exclusively on comics any longer, still hosts the Will Eisner Comic Book Industry Awards. The big winner at this year's ceremony was Image Comics' Monstrous, which was the winner of all five awards for which it was nominated. And Marjorie Liu was the first woman of color to win Best Writer, although she shares honors in a tie with Tom King. You can find a complete list of the winners and see some of the trailers on the Fantastic Forum Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Fantastic Forum. Wait a minute. Facebook.com backslash Fantastic Forum. All one word. <laughs> and while you're there, be sure to like us on Facebook. We also have a Twitter page and would love it if you followed us. We love to be liked and we'd like to be followed. Big news this week is shareholders for Disney and 20th, 21st Century Fox met to vote on approval of the uh, Disney's merger, the $71.3 billion merger offer, and they did indeed approve it. Rival bidder Comcast, who had driven up the price with their competing offer in mid-June, dropped out the week before, clearing the way for Disney to secure the Fox assets, which include 20th Century Fox Studio, FS ne FX Networks, National Geographic Partners, and other entertainment assets. Disney has received conditional approval from the U.S. Justice Department and still needs approvals from some foreign governments. Of course, Marvel fans are particularly thrilled as this clears the way for the return of the X-Men and Fantastic Four to the control of Marvel and should herald their arrival into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Earlier this week, Hasbro chairman and CEO Brian Goldner told Mad Money's Jim Cramer on the CNBC show that fantasy role-playing game Dungeons & Dragons is having its best year ever. Goldner said that people are re-engaged with the brand because it's a face-to-face -face game. 
It's immersive and a game people enjoy playing with others. The surge in popularity for D&D seems to be part of a broader, longer-term trend of interest in immersive and online gaming. That popularity surge also includes Magic the Gathering, and Hasbro has announced that there will be a crossover with that game and D&D in the fall. Hasbro also created a suite of digital games around D&D, oh, excuse me, Hasbro will also create a suite of digital games around D&D and Magic to satisfy modern players. As consumers increasingly choose digital gaming over tabletop, Goldner said that the goal over time is to build their fantasy games into esports properties for global gaming competition. And Disney and Lucasfilm yesterday announced the cast of Star Wars Episode Nine, which will include Billy D. Williams and the late Carrie Fisher. Mark Hamill Anthony, and Anthony Daniels will be back, and other returning cast members include Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Lupita Nongo, Dom Hall Gleason, Kelly Marie Tran, Jonas Suatamo, and Billy Lord. Joining the cast are Carrie Russell, Naomi Aki, and Richard E. Grant. John Williams will return to score the film. There's been a great deal of speculation about the Princess Leia character since Carrie Fisher's untimely death. In a statement, director J.J. Abrams said, Finding a truly satisfying conclusion to the Skywalker saga without her eluded us. We were never going to recast or use a CG character. With the support and blessing from her daughter, Billy, we have found a way to honor Carrie's legacy and role as Leah in Episode 9 by using unseen footage we shot together in Episode 7. On today's show, we're talking about the recent firing of James Gunn from Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy franchise, and more generally about the conditions in the entertainment industry that have caused previously untouchable men to become more closely scrutinized based on their behavior. We'll begin with an introduction of our guest panel. So, uh, I have joining me in studio today, uh, Emily Witten and Roberto Ortiz and Drew Bittner. Everybody, welcome to the show. Hey. Glad to be here. All right. Hey. All right. So, uh, you know where we are uh, as far as this... um, uh, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to call it a... You're going to um, say welcome to the serious show. <laughs> Today is a serious show, right? We're very, very serious today. Well, uh-huh. yeah, it is, it is. Hey, this is uh, yeah. this is serious stuff. Burn and, it all uh, down. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and we all have... Um, uh, we're all very opinionated. And, no. Uh, no. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm against it. Yeah, well, of course... Uh, you know, this thing started out uh, because uh, James Gunn saw himself as a as something of a provocateur earlier in his career, and uh, he sort of bounced back between uh, serious movies and uh, the lighter fare. But one thing was pretty consistent, and that was uh, his uh, the stuff that he put up on his Twitter feed. I mean, which was really some very twisted stuff. I mean, you know, uh, pedophilia and rape and all this kind of thing. And it wasn't funny. I mean, it was intended. He was saying these things were jokes, but they weren't They weren't funny, you know, on top of everything. Anyway, so, um, you know, then he's in this, um, 
uh, he's in this conflict with this uh, one of these all so-called alt-right. I just Don't refer even to him the as name fascist. The guy. He, well, it's okay because you know I, I I haven't pulled my notes up, but I can't remember the guy's name anyway. But uh, you know, so in this guy, Mr. Pizzagate, his, how about that? Oh, I didn't know mm-hmm. he was that guy. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, that it doesn't guy. surprise me. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and of course, that is the reference to the fraudulent story that there were uh, there was a kitty porn ring that was run out of a DC pizzeria, and you actually had some alt right guy from the Midwest who came to DC and went to this pizza parlor looking to free these kids. You know, this is how twisted some Wait, of so these. Wait, so this guy was hmm? associated with that story? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even uh, realize that. Yeah. I remember all that. Oh, yeah. that was that was nuts. Oh yeah, that no, was absolutely. ridiculous. Yeah. The guy that outed uh, Gunn was totally behind that. So. Oh, boy. Yeah, okay. Oh. Well, and, and you know, which, so yeah, it sounds like we're, you know, kind of running with it. I mean, anybody who isn't familiar with this, I kind of wanted to give him a little background. But this alt-right guy, you know, who's in this conflict with Gunn, digs up these tweets. And he's like, hey, Disney, you've got this guy who's tweeting about rape and pedophilia, and he's your guy. And, of course, Disney turns around and fires the guy. You know, I mean, and when I and and, and the the reaction among fans has been, oh, but that was ten years ago, and it was a joke, and people are being way too serious about this. Now, on the one hand, I understand that, but on the other hand, when I looked at what some of these tweets said, and then the sheer volume of them, I mean, we're not talking about like ten or fifteen tweets here. You know, we're talking about hundreds of tweets that this guy, maybe even like a thousand tweets that this guy made. You know, over a pretty lengthy period. And personally, I look at it as a cautionary tale, which is, you know, remember, the interwebs are forever. I'm sorry, yes. You no, know, mm-hmm. it certainly is, but um, what you were saying in the beginning is that the jokes aren't funny. And I totally agree with you, but, but that doesn't mean there aren't people out there who A, think they are funny, or B, think they're going to succeed because they're trying to be funny. And, and, mm. and, and also... And, and to add to that specifically... Hey, 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 hey. Dude, <laughs> let the lady talk. Are you, you just going to bogart? We'll jump back over here. Go ahead. But the thing is that also to understand is that you're judging basically everybody in terms of how they, what they believed in a specific moment in time. Right. And the point I was going to make is that there are, it's actually, there's a lot of fascinating research on this. I'm such a researchy person. <laughs> there, are, there are four types of humor. And um, I can't remember all four types, but the worst and least bonding type and the most aggressive type is literally called aggressive or put down humor. And they're like when they're training like Toastmasters and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, they they advise them to stay away from this type of humor because it's damaging and it's actually um, a smokescreen for your own like hurt or or difficulties that you're trying to put out there. It's kind of like if you were attacking somebody and you're like, oh, um, you're a really terrible person, ha ha ha. Then you get to say what you want to say in a mean way, but you laugh at it, so it gives them no recourse to answer you back. Mm. So sarcasm and that kind of humor is is the most hurtful and the least, <clears throat> excuse me, the least funny, generally speaking. But there's a whole subset of humor that's based around this kind of aggressive humor. And um, what's interesting is that often that develops when we're younger as a kind of a defense mechanism. Yep. And then there are people who never move past it. So I know 
more adults than I would care to, you know, quantify who think that jokes about stuff like what he was what he was saying to this day they think they're funny or even women that I know who generally speaking would stand up against this kind of thing are like oh yeah I was in a comic book shop and this guy made this joke and it was you know borderline about really awful stuff and everybody just laughed and I was I was like that's not okay like this is an actual thing that someone said to me I was like that's not okay and they were like well it was just a joke I was like it's not funny but you know the people think it's funny people think that this is a kind of humor and in the James Gunn situation clearly he was trying to be edgy maybe thought it was funny or maybe thought it was what he had to do to get attention and be mm-hmm. funny I don't know him from however many years ago it was but as as early as 2012 he had started saying I recognize that that isn't great and this isn't what I want to do. And I actually want to read a quote that he gave in an interview with BuzzFeed that was before all of this came out. So he said, I felt like Guardians forced me into a much deeper way of thinking about my relationship to people, I suppose. I was a very nasty guy on Twitter. It was a lot of bleep, edgy, in-your-face, dirty stuff. I suddenly was working for Marvel and Disney, and that didn't seem like something I could do anymore. I thought that 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 would be a hindrance on my life, but the truth was it was a big, huge opening for me. I realized, and this is where the aggressive humor put-down stuff comes in, I realized a lot of that stuff is a way that I push away people. When I was forced into being this, and he's talking about who he was at that point, I felt more fully myself. So it sounds like before all this stuff came out, he had been growing past that aggressive humor, which is often a way to protect yourself while still trying to be popular. And he had moved towards a place where he's recognizing that that's not a healthy, you know, collaborative way to be. And also to add to that specifically is that the attacks on him stem from an extreme level of cynicism from the people doing the attacks. They're quite aware specifically that this person basically said in a specific moment in time, and they would basically do the same thing if uh, defending a person if they were basically, if tweets about that person from a conservative side came into the present. This is extreme cynicism because they know this is about free speech. This is not about actions. This is not him being racist. This is be him being specifically disgusting, but not, how do I say it? It's borderline behavior. I mean, none of the stuff that he said was good. No. But I think I think a difficulty that we run into when we politicize it is people would say things like, well, you say we should forgive him, but then you say that, oh, locker room tapes came out and it was some time ago, but you're saying it doesn't matter that it was some time ago. And I think a lot of the nuances lost in those kinds of arguments, the differences I see are things like, oh, this person has grown beyond it, has acknowledged that publicly, has said that was not the right way to be, whereas that person has not acknowledged it, has played it off, has said, oh, that's okay. And so the difference is their current attitudes of their past behaviors, one changed, one grew, one has not, one doesn't recognize. I think think one of the biggest arguments in favor of James Gunn, honestly, is looking at Guardians of the Galaxy itself. Mm -hmm. I mean, look Mm -hmm. at the theme of the movie. The theme of the movie is you have these five people, well, you know, our four arguably because Groot isn't really, um, you know, <laughs> but um, you he's these, the best. But, but you have these, you have these yes. four people who are objectively terrible people in their own ways. <laughs> yeah. They're they're really bad people, and they make a conscious decision that they want to be better. They want to be better than they are, and they work to do that, and they sacrifice to do that. And to me, that's an important lesson. It seems to me that that's that's James Gunn saying, "I have learned. I have grown. I'm not." 
that guy anymore. I'm not the jerk that posted all those horrible, hateful things. I'm I'm trying to make myself a better person now. Whereas, like you said, Emily, there's a lot of people out there, and we all know examples, oh, yeah. of people mm-hmm. that do not try to make themselves better people, that still revel in or dismiss or Yeah, deflect. they don't even acknowledge that they've done something that is right. not acceptable to most people. Yeah. And, and interestingly, James Gunn has compared his journey to Rocket, who started out very, you know, antisocial and has become more a part of the family. And by the second movie like objectively has this great weird awkward moment with Michael Rooker's character Yondu and yeah. is like and Yondu is the one who's like I know who you are and and Rocket's still <laughs> uncomfortable with it but it's a huge uh you know, character growth from the first beginning of the first movie to that point and the end of the second movie. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, hey, wait, and wait, just, just a second. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM, Radio Arlington. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell, joined this afternoon by Emily Witten and Drew Bittner and the redoubtable Roberto Ortiz. We are talking about... Uh, primarily the firing of James Gunn from the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but more broadly, the atmosphere in Hollywood that led to that firing and uh, placed individuals like him under greater scrutiny. So, um, I'm sorry, Drew, you were saying... Um, yeah, just basically that, I mean, it's it's a difficult position that Disney's put in, yeah. that they're, they're being attacked. Actually. They're, they're, they're the subject of a coordinated media attack mm-hmm. by a group of people that are getting an awful lot of political mileage out of this. This is very much a political agenda and a political hit. It's a being, hit job, this, basically. This, yeah, it's being taken out on, on James Gunn. And that does not excuse Gunn for writing these terrible things in the past. But, I mean, I talked this through with my wife at, at some length, and the fact of the matter is that he's he has not shown that he's that guy. He seems to have evolved mm-hmm. beyond it. Mm-hmm. He seems to have made things change in his life and in his work that reflect that he's an evolved person. Whereas all the other examples that want to be dragged out as counterexamples, well, they haven't. And actually, to add to that specifically, we, most of the people here, with exception Emily, we are in our f- 40s and our 50s, right? Who do you remember in our 20s? I appreciate that little caveat. Yeah, I'm not I, in my I, 40s or my 50s. I, 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 I thought you were going to say that the rest of us have penises. No, <laughs> I mean, I was waiting for that too, but either no, one. No, no, hey, neither of those plus me. Hey, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. But most of us basically remember quite well the 80s and the, the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s, right? Uh, a little and too well. Yeah, but, <laughs> but my point is, you remember how prevalent the homophobia was yes. in the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s? I mean, yes. really out there. I did things, and I said things that I'm ashamed of. And the thing is that we didn't have Twitter back then to basically, you know, uh, freezing Amber, those opinions and those that person I used to be. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I grown hopefully because i met people in the lgbt community that opened my eyes it's yeah. like oh my yeah. god what the heck am i saying this is well emily and i don't usually interrupt you but I, I i want to associate myself with uh, roberto ortiz's remarks because i was i was about one of the most anti-homosexual people that you could find i mean i didn't you know, I mean, I called them by that other word, yeah. uh, and the, the three uh, I was, letter words. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I was real stuck on that. And um, in fact, if if Twitter existed or Facebook, I would be run out of town on a rail. But you know what? And and this is I, I have I, I have to say this because having just made the statement that I did, 
Um, I didn't want to end up on the wrong side of history, okay? Yep. In my home state of New Jersey, because I was one of these people, and I tell you what, Ooh, I am 100% in favor of gay marriage, all right? Part of the reason I am is I used to support civil unions, and I preferred the idea of a civil union over gay marriage. But then my home state of New Jersey, there was an instance where a gay couple that had a civil union, and one of them was injured, critically injured, in uh, intensive care. Uh, the partner came to the hospital and was not allowed to visit mm-hmm. and said, away. Yeah, yeah. said I, wait, I have a civil union. And the hospital is like, well, we don't know what that is. Now, I don't know whether the hospital genuinely didn't know or whether they just took that opportunity to act ugly. But nobody doesn't know what a marriage is. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, mm-hmm. I said, you know what? That's like separate but equal. If it's separate... It can't really be equal. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, so like I said, I'm like, I'm not going to be on the wrong side of history. I'm going to embrace uh, change, uh, progressive ideas, and, 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 and promote them, actually. And that's important. You know, it, and you've got to stand, especially when you're somebody who was against this, you've got to stand up for it. No, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, no, it absolutely is. And while I don't recall at any particular point um, using any homophobic slurs, fortunately, I don't remember that. I may have. I don't think so. But I definitely remember when I was a small child and didn't really understand what it means, saying words that are no longer so socially acceptable about mm-hmm. someone who was mentally disabled, because yeah. that was a common colloquial term. Oh, and when you're in like mm-hmm third grade and people are just bandying it about as a casual like insult you don't actually you may never have encountered someone who actually has a disability at that point in your life and obviously that's very different from being an adult using those terms but the point is everything is a spectrum of growth and while I wouldn't excuse someone's behavior at the time I would want to hopefully be a person who'd call it out if they did it when I didn't, you know, have have any ability to call it out, and then years later they say, oh, I used to be like that, and I've learned, and I'm different, I think that should be taken into account. Whether it's, you know, a wholesale, okay, we're going to support the person this person is now, or whether it's just some mitigating factor, it depends on the situation. Look at Friends, for example. If you watch, uh, how many of you have seen Friends? Oh, everyone's seen oh, Friends. Oh, everyone's seen Friends. Recently. Everyone. 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 Oh, well, recently? Yes, I've seen within, the past within, They've years. referenced it in The Good Place, within, which is a great last, show. Within the last year. Okay, but that's the point. Watch the show, and it's going to shock you. Basically, the mindset and the culture back in the 90s, how different it is from today. Well, especially Joey. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. that's the thing. It's like, it, it oh, dawns on you, oh my God. It's, it's, like, very, it's very insular. It's very monoculture. It's very yeah. privileged. It's mm-hmm. very, it's all it's all these things. And we look at it now and kind of dissect it sociologically and say, man, that's kind of messed up. But, yes. but at, the same, at the same time, sort of in, in the context of the culture it came from that, oh, it's just another sitcom. And what's yeah. the thing is that if you see basically James Conn as a person who basically is evolving, you understand this. But the thing is that Disney, to defend Disney, they were put in a Kobayashi Maru kind of situation. They could not <laughs> win <laughs> in this way. But think, if they were Kirk... I think that, I, I think that that's, that, that may be true up to Change a point. The but then again, Disney could always say, look... You know, we've we've reviewed the situation. Yes, what James Gunn did was unacceptable at the time, and he's made allowances and he made apologies for it. You know, we're not we're not excusing his bad behavior. At the same time, we do not want to reward those seeking to attack him to advance a, a particular agenda. Well, yeah, and now here's something. And, and, oh, well, hey, okay. <laughs> let me just throw this in because um, that is. A very measured sort of response, Drew, and I don't see mm-hmm. Disney mm-hmm. making a but measured response to this. 
They're in but, the middle of But a, here's but, something really mm. interesting. The Chris Hardwick controversy oh, that yeah. happened recently, which to me is still somewhat unclear and makes me uneasy. But mm-hmm. what AMC did was hire some lawyers associated with the Hearsts. So I'm going to, that's one of the reasons it makes me uneasy. Mm-hmm. Chris Hardwick's wife, Lydia Hearst, you know, uh, the Loeb and Loeb, the law firm mm-hmm. that investigated for AMC or with AMC or all, all unclear. On of. Unclear <laughs> who the client mm-hmm. is. I think it was AMC, but there's not a lot of information out there. But apparently what happened was they investigated and found that, you know, he was basically enough of a. In you know they they found enough Reasonable reassurance doubt. that they could hire him back, and they they put out a statement that said we have done our due diligence, you know, and we you know are hiring him back because we think that these allegations do not are not supported. Now I am uneasy about that. I still am not sure what really happened, and I think it's still kind of a he said she said plus lawyers who are associated with Chris Hardwick's wife coming out of mm-hmm. you know to do something. Plus the relationship. And I also well, and I also think yeah. I mean, hopefully they you know they put up the proper walls, but it, it makes me uneasy. And I also think that it could have been a great opportunity for AMC to be like, hey, event Nicole Brown or somebody else who's not the same guy we've been hearing from forever. Hey, let's let's shake it up a little. But mm-hmm. maybe they'll still do that. That would be great. I'm not you know I think Chris Hardwick's a little replaceable. But my point Ooh. being, <laughs> but my point being that AMC was able to come out with such a statement. So Yuli, you said you don't see Disney doing that. They could have, and to go back to the Kobayashi Maru, <laughs> they could have changed the rules. They, they could, could have done yeah. something uh, innovative yeah. to approach a situation that isn't as... Usually it's black and white. It's usually so-and-so did this bad thing. They never acknowledged it until they were called out. Then they either issue a weak apology or say, we didn't really mean that. But, sure. the problem is but basically, this is different. Disney basically yeah. is in the middle of a big sale. Yeah. Disney just fired Rosanne Barr. It, the circumstances are not the same because yeah, it's, that's it's true. Ultimately, it was Disney because she was an ABC employee, yeah, but yeah. AMC owns Disney. Sorry, Disney owns a, a ABC. So, yeah. Yeah. That's why you see them around Disney World sometimes. So, it's really weird so to see ABC there. There's that, and Disney knows full well, specifically that Hollywood being Hollywood, and considering that aristocrats is a thing in Hollywood. You know, you know they joke the aristocrats. You would never oh, have done. Yeah. yeah. You mean the joke? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, talking about the movie with the bunch of cats. <laughs> yeah, that's no, no, the no. cats. Yeah, ah, yes. <laughs> no, the point is that basically they know that almost all performers have nasty stuff in their background in terms of the comedy material. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he will fall on his feet. He'll be fine. Trust me. Warner Brothers will have no problem hiring Gabe Khan. Oh, I'm pretty sure he will. But the thing is that Disney knew that. They were about to go into Comic-Con, and they didn't want this to become their news of Comic-Con. Which is what the people attacking Gunn knew. Yes. Mm. They wanted this is, uh. this, is what, this, is the, this This informs the timing yeah. of that particular attack on James Gunn. This was not something that happened to spur of the moment. No. Yeah. This was planned. This was like but, a but laser. Again, this, but again, this gets back to that Disney could very easily have gone back and said, you know something? We're not, we're not rewarding the trolls here. We're not we're not feeding red meat to the people that mm-hmm. are are lining up to hate this guy, even though he did things that were hateful in the past. His situation is not comparable to the other situations we have oh, in no. front of us, Hell and no. we're not going to and we're just not going to do it. Well, quite frankly, I I would uh, if if you're going to ask me, and you know we've come down just short of saying that we think James Gunn should be rehired, and we'll talk about that in the second half of the show. But um, <laughs> I I would rather, frankly, see James Gunn come back. 
than Chris Hardwick. I I, I mean, based Same. on what I read <laughs> about, uh, you know, and, and she never used Chris Hardwick's name, but it's pretty clear who she was talking was about. Yeah. I would be like, yeah, run this guy out. I mean, he's an objectionable human being. <laughs> that was messed up what he did to that girl, you know? Yep. So, uh, and how... AMC is like, well, we've investigated, and I'm doing the air quotes thing with Unclear. my fingers. Unclear. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so I, I mean, if I gotta pick somebody, I'd pick James Gunn in a heartbeat. He just seems like the better human being. Mm -hmm. But yeah. you know, there again, and we'll talk about all that. <laughs> in the second half of the show. For right now, uh, it's time for me to remind everybody that WERA is a community radio station and we are non-commercial. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, our sponsors, and listeners like you for the totality of the operation of the radio station. We'd very much like for you to consider becoming an underwriter of the content of the station or a sponsor of the individual programming found here on. Visit the website at WERA.FM. Tell you everything you need to know. For right now, uh, this is Fantastic Forum on WERA. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. We're going to pause briefly to acknowledge the invaluable contribution of our underwriters. We're also going to take the opportunity to promote some of the other outstanding shows coming up later this weekend right here on WERA. But stick around. Because I promise we will be right back with more Fantastic Forum right after this. So, don't go away. Welcome back to the Fantastic Forum here on WERA 96.7 FM, Radio Arlington. We are Arlington. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined in studio by Emily Witten, Roberto Ortiz, and Drew Bittner. We are talking about the firing of James Gunn, who had been the... I'm going to describe him as a visionary director behind Guardians of the Galaxy for uh, Marvel Studios. Uh, anyway, uh, before we uh, took that little break, we were talking a little bit about, um, I, I guess, I, well, okay, I, I was getting ready to... Uh, force some people to actually take a stand because uh, it sounds like <laughs> what we have been saying here is that um, uh, what the guy did as odious as it was, as terrible as it was, uh, it is something that is uh, largely in the past and um, he uh, he's a different person than he was when he did all this stuff and uh, the person he is today is really not such a bad person. And but okay, but here's the problem, uh, and because I, I can see very clearly both sides of this issue, I feel like Disney was in a lose lose yep. situation. I mm -hmm. mean, not just because of the potential acquisition of the Fox assets, but you know, there's a lot of publicity surrounding everything they're doing. It was right before Comic Con, Comic Con International, uh, you know, and it was some terrible stuff that this guy did. Now. Uh, Drew, you were talking about a measured sort of response. I think generally 
what corporate America looks to do. They want to have a one-size-fits-all kind of policy that can be applied to every situation. Now, that doesn't work, but that doesn't mean that they're not trying to do that. And so... You know, they, they want to be able to, to have some deniability mm-hmm. when the next situation comes up. And we know there will be a next situation. True, and unfortunately. even now. But, uh, you know, so that they have a certain degree of um, cover when somebody says, well, but what about that person there? And you made accommodations for that person there. Why can't you do this here? You know, and that was just what... Mike Chernovic was looking for yes. yeah. when he put James Gunn in the trick bag. Or did James Gunn put himself in the trick bag by not deleting all these tweets? He, he did. did. He, 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 did. he tweeted he deleted those tweets a long time ago as far as I could as oh, far as so I heard. somebody got but like a screenshot of so, so archives. To, There's always you know, archives. Yeah, like I have stuff that that I journaled back in college that I locked years ago for no controversial reason, just it was like, why did I put such personal stuff on the internet at that <laughs> point in life? And like I think it's, you know, not visible, but somebody could hack it. Somebody could find it. Fortunately for me, there's, as far as I remember, nothing controversial about it. It's just, like, girly, like, you know, 20-year-old stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, or non-girly 20-year-old stuff. Who knows? <laughs> but, you know, like, you know, I mean, just stuff that probably I shouldn't have been writing to strangers about. But the internet was new and different and <laughs> blogging was a thing and woo. And it's um, forever. It's and, now, forever. and it's yeah. forever. And so, like, yeah, I think one of the problems is trying to find everything you might have done controversial that you now are looking I mean who has time for that for one thing if you're especially if you're directing a giant movie and another thing that I think is really interesting is um, how much does the likability of the person overall and or their product and how much does the value of their contribution play into how people's attitudes are a lot. about right and, and how fair is that or how not fair is that to it, it plays the one role. size fits all or not one size fits it, all it program. plays a role and it's not fair and yeah. the fact of the matter is all we can do is make it as fair as we can possibly can that's the goal yeah. yeah but the thing is that one thing to understand is that context is lost. One of the things mm-hmm. that we have lost in the conversation is that you read something about this person and the internet culture just goes straight to outrage, let's lynch this person, right? Mm-hmm. And if there's no context, there's no explanation, oh, this was posted 2007, right after a divorce or something like that. There's this thing that we do in the internet where we just jump right to the conclusion and want to decapitate the person. But and that's why the Chris Hardwick versus, versus James Gunn thing fascinates me so much because they both did objectionable things. Yeah. One of them documentedly, it seems like a pattern and practice, if it's true, of something fairly horrible against another human being, whereas another one made inappropriate jokes on the internet. Uh, one of them has been reinstated and one of them has been fired. And also, you know, if you look at it just contribution-wise, but also one of them doesn't really... Well, one, uh, one, of the, the one of them makes one of the, the makes other. one of them makes his money by exploiting these existing properties. Yeah, the other, the other creates one creates, them. and yeah. that's that's why. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as yeah. someone who writes about entertainment and stuff, I I think creating has more value than writing about the creating things. Even yeah. though I love doing what I do as as an entertainment journalist, sure. I think it's great. I value my own work, but mm-hmm. I value my creative work more than that. Right. So. And, and and the thing, I mean, I'll, I'll make a point about Hardwick here. Um, I mean. There's 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 a number of things I think that go into this. The first thing is this was between two people. It was yeah. a case of what seems like emotional abuse mm-hmm. and very bad behavior and 
you know, it's it's very difficult. It does it it does have the chance to get into a he said she said, and yeah. there's there's problems with this, and then you need to go back and document were there other people that were aware of this or saw examples of it, and, and so that on. even goes he said she said because there's like exes of his saying no, and there are friends of hers saying yes, and there's sure. like you know it does has he done this to other people? Yeah, right. exactly. And right. and is there is there but any even if he hasn't, that doesn't mean there wasn't. It yeah. d- didn't happen with this one. No, is, is there, is the there any thing. sort of pattern of behavior? Is there anything right. here you can look at? And the problem is that it gets back to something you said before, Emily, whereas, you know, James Gunn was fairly open about, yes, this was me, this was my behavior, and mm-hmm. basically doing a mea culpa, Hardwick has battened the hatches and said, no, 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 never happened. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm that. that's not the, the story. And I think that that by itself draws more criticism and more negativity from people that people are like oh he's denying it there must be something that he's hiding well and or i mean it does it does you know. give you the case where it's like best case scenario that didn't happen the way she said either she is literally insane which I, she has friends saying believe her so i'm thinking it's not exactly that whatever's going on mm-hmm. or stuff did happen whether his perspective is this or that but this is how it affected her right and so it still happened but, the thing but is there's re- no acknowledgement yeah. reality could be right in the middle it could yeah. be or it could be skewed slightly but not entirely i mean i read her statements and i'm i it sounds legitimate to me but i am just a person on the internet so to speak in well, that sense. And the, the other the other thing too is that i mean like roberto was suggesting before we tend to jump to a conclusion yeah. when we mm-hmm. hear things like this and we're not necessarily fair to one side or the other. We're not we're not necessarily fair to both sides. And in the case of Chris Hardwick, it probably bears more discussion and more exploration and more discovery. Mm-hmm. In the case of James Gunn, it probably bears more than just a snap decision to right. say he's out, gone, whatever. And I and I have tried right. like I read her statement, then I read his statements, mm-hmm. then I read AMC's statements. So that's all the information we have to go on yeah. and the friends and the exes statements. That's all that there is in that case. And you know, looking at those things, yeah, then we draw a conclusion yeah. from that. And I think that but it is closer difficult. to fairness. But it yeah. is uh, one thing I want to make uh, a point is that this goes straight as a lawyer was saying yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm not that, speaking as a lawyer on this show I know. There but, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's freedom of expression and yeah. we always like to say specifically that uh, freedom of expression has consequences and the, the argument that the conservatives are trying to push specifically is that you always tell us that basically if we say these hateful things, there's consequences. See, here I'm showing, this is mm-hmm. extreme cynicism. See, I'm going to basically take down one of you guys using the same argument you use against me because I use, my people use hate speech and you basically say they have to pay. So here's one of you using hate speech, which is incredibly cynical because you take out the equation, the fact that it was in the past. That was one of the reasons it was such a shrewd move on their part. Well, it's, it's, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, a cheap, it's a cheap shot. It's a super cheap shot. Uh, it's a cheap that's shot. another way to look at it. But, you know, Roberto is right. They kind of flipped the script on us. And well, they're like, they, you know, they, hey, hate speech has consequences. It, well, you know, that's what we're saying. And that's absolutely right. And, and the question is, I mean, at, at what point does that argument become that, yeah, it has consequences, but no, it does not have these consequences? 
Mm-hmm. Well, what, let me ask you while this. Still, while what? still maintaining that some behavior really does deserve yeah. these consequences, there's, that's the there's, there's a thing. There's a thing in criminal justice called the cone of deviancy, and at the very top are things that are, you know, not right, like littering and things like that. And then you go further and further down this this cone that goes down, tapering to a point, to get to the point of things like, you know, abuse and murder, domestic violence, yeah. and eventually murder and things like that. It's just like you know talking about certain taboo subjects to me does not rise to the level of actually advocating for these things or as some of these people or something or like that yeah. as some of these people have done sure. so so there's really a difference in what we're talking about in terms of this terrible behavior that must be punished and like i said before when we were actually on break um, I do believe that James Gunn is probably going to be retained as writer for oh, yeah. Guardians 3, probably executive producer for Guardians 3. He probably just will not be directing. I think that will be the extent of the punishment. This is going to keep it quietly. Yeah. Complete, sure. Yeah, because the thing is that he's already, he's already been writing the script. They're not going to mm. start from scratch. The thing has to be released in a certain time frame. So they're going to they're going to come back to this and revisit this decision very quietly and say, oh, he's been hired back in this capacity, but... And well, assuming that's that really he was ever fired from those guys, I mean, it, it was announced that he was fired as director. Right. Yeah. You so know, who from knows. the picture, yeah. But what yeah. else is interesting about what Drew was saying with the kind of cone and the different levels of things is mm. a way to look at it is also how much the actions are harming others. Yes. So, thank you. So, like, thank actual you. abuse or mm-hmm. advocacy of abuse or whatever it might be or actual, um, you know, touching of people in locker room situations or whatever it is Mm -hmm. you know that is more harmful than inappropriate jokes the jokes are still bad there can still be making you can still make an argument that they are harming this group or that group or or harming us as a society as a whole if we're reading them and thinking it's okay you know that's still a harm but it's not as egregious a harm in that in that layer but the thing is that the white supremacists one of the things like and they are white supremacists one of the things Mm -hmm. they like to do and fascists and fascists Mm -hmm. is that they say I was as who has been abused all my life by people like this? They always say the same excuse. I was only kidding. Right. That's the like, aggressive humor. Uh, yeah. Behind. <laughs> yeah. That's the. I want to hit you with a baseball bat now. Watch. See, but that Guys. is exactly what I'm saying, and that's the kind of humor that James Gunn was using and yeah. learned to grow beyond. But that is also a dangerous kind of humor where they say, "Oh, you're like this, ha ha ha!" But I was only kidding, so it's okay. You can't get mad about it. Right. Yeah. Well, right. Watch. Sure, watch. Yeah. Any, watch any Comic Central roast. Mm-hmm. Any yeah. comic cent- Comedy Central roast, they always do this. It's always mean-spirited humor aimed at the person, and the person basically is sitting there and taking it. This is basically so. very typical I, Hollywood I'm going to reference humor. The Good yeah. Place again, because I love that show so much. It's I'm so show. obsessed. And the in the second season where he does the roast, and he's like, we basically invented this thing. You know, this is a terrible, <laughs> terrible... A comedy roast is, is a terrible thing invented by demons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, for, for, you know, it's, anyway. Did, did you see their panel at Comic-Con? I heard their panel at Comic Con. Oh, their panel! I was awesome. doing something else at the same time as we, their panel. We, we listened to the podcast. That the yes, yes, the podcast is great. I'm going to plug the podcast right now. The good place, the podcast. The good place, the podcast. And before I forget, Yuli, you have to do a show just on the Fox merger because the consequences are huge. They're very, very just extreme. So long as you are available to be on it, you, I mean, you have to do <laughs> a show here? just on the good place so I can talk about <laughs> yeah. for an hour straight. Just so straight. long as you agree to be on it. I will be on it next week or the week after. Anytime you want me on it, I will for, be on it. For example, Disney just quietly shelved the X-Men movies. All mm-hmm. of them. They're really? 
all of them, even the Dark Phoenix, anything that was on the pipeline has been officially shelved. I didn't even realize Ooh. that. Wow. wow. I hadn't really heard of things. You do need them on the show for this. Wow. Movies that have been already in the can. Well, it's, 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 it's interesting that all these movies that were ready to come out this year were pushed back to next year. Never. After this deal was going to go through mm-hmm. and never. now may never happen. Yeah. Never. Well, so. I, 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 as speaking as a performer, I can tell you that all those people have already been paid. <laughs> so, <laughs> even we'll if never they never come it. out. You know? Sure. Well, but, hey, and that would be kind of too bad. But, but for, the, know, for the actors, though, it means that they're not going to be exposed. Seen in leading roles, and their careers may suffer as a result. Well, they got paid, you know, <laughs> and, paid. and their agents know it, and the studios know it, and somebody is able to see these things. And I guarantee Bootlegs. you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it's just like that Wonder Woman TV pilot. Oh that, you know, everybody Which talking. Adrian Blakey? Let me tell you something. Yeah, let me tell you something. Yeah, the Adrian Let me tell you something. It wasn't that bad. Okay, I've seen it. Yes. It wasn't that bad. Carrie always in the thing. You know, she was pretty good. You know, hey, in fact. I, I kind of liked it. I wouldn't <laughs> mind to seeing that as a TV series. I'll tell you right now. Well, you know, I mean, they'll I, find it in the vault years and years later and release it as an extra to something. But so. Of course they will, yeah. But the rumor I heard specifically is that they're planning to introduce Marvel characters from the acquisition immediately. And you know what's going to be the first movie that's probably going to be affected by this? What's that? And guess the character. Infinity Wars 4. Black Panther 2. Oh, okay. Guess the character. I don't know. It's easy. Come on, guys. Who? Who is it? Storm? Yes. Ding. Ah. I was totally going to go for dupe, but... I was thinking the other day Storm. that if, if this deal's gone through now, it's very, very easy for them to put a post-credit... Infinity War. Yeah. Infinity War, a post-credit scene that basically says, what are mutants in, in a TV headline? Yeah. Or, or yeah. where are the Fantastic Four? Well, you know, and there, you know, I was going to say, what I would love to see now that they've got the Fantastic Four back, even though we're getting completely off topic, <laughs> what I would love to well, see... We've had a lot of serious would, talks. Oh, yeah, yeah, we yeah, have. Yeah. That's true. But what I would love to to see would be uh, some explanation for what has gone on with the Fantastic Four. Perhaps they've been trapped in the mm-hmm. negative zone or something like that. By Reed Griffin's own bad things. Oh, what? I, <laughs> I, I no, don't and, think. And in kidding. fact, I that would be great that. because you can have. I mean, they can. It can be 1961 Fantastic Four. Oh my and they gosh! Come, no, seriously, and they, they can come out. They it's like time moves differently in the you're negative hired, zone. You're hired, You're hired. And I they love come it. back, I and you're it. like, oh, it's these guys. It's yeah. the ones that well, they're supposed to be. Really funny. The way that I'd approach it is if they're going to change time and it looks like they're gonna go back in time and change all this stuff then the Fantastic Four was created as a result of something they changed. Or they were lost a long time ago and the time changed. I know Yuli likes that and a lot of people like the whole like let's move them from 61 <laughs> to 2019. And basically like, like, the same thing they did with Captain America. They, that they've, would work. Got, yeah. they've got the man out of time though. They've yeah. done that. And I, and I like the idea of Reed being a guy of today yeah, on the cutting edge doing this thing. Time, yeah. but still had TV. They wouldn't be in the past, you know? Uh, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not on the and same page Richards you guys, is so. such a scientific genius that, you know, I mean, he's he's sort of caught up anyway. It's not as if, I mean, That's it's true. not like Cap, oh, we used to boil everything. Maybe he comes in with new inventions and he's like, oh, you guys already invented the cell phone? Well, that's okay, I made it better. Yeah, hey, <laughs> uh, he had to get him out of the negative zone somehow. Maybe. Anyway, look, all right, uh, real quick, because... Um, we Well, no, oh, yeah. and, and as it happens, uh, I saw... Uh, my friend uh, John, you know, with Sounds of the City, J A the DJ. Apparently, he's live today, so we're gonna have to <laughs> we're gonna have to yield the booth a little earlier than we might have otherwise. But I, I want to get everybody on record. So 
Um, oh boy. So wait, so so oh so what are you saying? Are you saying that James Gunn should be rehired or not? Because oh, Roberto, one thing I wanted to throw in, you're right. There were some people knee jerk, they were like, Oh, throw him under the bus. But then there were a bunch of other people who were like, No, this was years ago. He deserves to be forgiven. Let's start a petition. So Good what are we saying? Way. What are we all right, Roberto, you first. What you, should he be fired? Should he be reinstated? What what should happen here? I would hire him back, but it's not gonna happen. Uh, wait, wait. All right. So, what would you hire him back as the director for everything? I mean, or are we talking about just oh, you write the script and you're an executive producer? I have an impression that he. No, no, no. I'm not asking you what you think is going to happen. I'm saying what would Roberto Ortiz do if he was the decision maker here? Since I'm not the head of. I'm team. asking. Uh, what uh, you, uh, let's uh, assume for the moment. I would not have fired him. I would have suspended him. Okay. All right. Okay. Andrew. Um, I wouldn't fire him in the first place. The court of public opinion is not the place to try these things. You do not yield to the impulse of the moment. You stand back. You say, you know something? We're going to look at this. And we're going to be deliberate about it. And I would apply that to all cases. And not just James Gunn, not just Chris Hardwick, but to Roseanne, to all these people. I'd say, you know something? We're not going to just jump to a conclusion. We're going to be serious about this and take it and administer what we feel is the appropriate correction. If in my case, I would not have fired James Gunn. Sorry. I would have probably, like Roberto said, I would have suspended him. Mm-hmm. I would have said, you know, we need to reevaluate. But, you know, he's a franchise builder. He's delivered some serious value to, to Disney. And throwing that away strikes me as a very, very bad move. Mm, okay. And Emily? I'm going to mostly agree with what Drew said and say the reason mm-hmm. why both James Gunn and Chris Hardwick's situations make me uneasy is because I think AMC approached it in a way that is more like what Drew was saying and kind of pulled back and said, we're going to see what's going on, we're going to assess this, which is the right way to do it, but then the fact that he did come back made me more uneasy than... <laughs> that, like, I feel like the, the approach AMC took was better, but the result was not what I expected, whereas the approach Disney took was worse, but the result, I would expect what Chris Hardwick got... In James, mm. gun situ- James Gunn situation. So I that's, gotcha. you know, it's all backwards and, and flipped around. Mm. <laughs> wow, okay. All right, and just to go on record myself, since I pushed everybody and yeah. I don't want to waste hey. a couple of seconds, um, I think Disney had no choice. Yeah. I think that you, you got to get rid of the guy. And I would have questions even about uh, him continuing on uh, as executive producer and writer. I think you can make a case for writer. But uh, I think this is a case where you, you basically cut ties, and it's a cautionary tale. You know, interwebs are forever. Be careful what you put out there in the neither world. You know, it's not right, but it's what has to happen. Take your case. growth off the internet and do it in your own personal time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, um, you know, thanks to our guests, thanks to our listeners. Uh, real quick, um, you guys. Uh, Help some stuff, Emily. Yeah, yep. um, I'm on Twitter at Forest House and on Instagram at The Forest House. I will soon have a website. I will soon have a lot more news about a comic and all kinds of exciting Indeed things. You will. And I write for ComicMix.com, uh, Movers and Shakers Unlimited, mm. and I'm probably going to have some other stuff coming out about Comic Con in this coming week. There you go. All right. All right. And uh, real quick, Roberto. Um, basically, as you know, I'm involved with the computer graphics community in the Washington DC area. Mm-hmm. Please come mm-hmm. to the Washington DC chapter of SIGGRAPH. We have events every month, and if you're an artist, we're here to help you. All Special right. interest group graphics. Cool. Okay, Drew? Well, let's see. I'm doing some reviews for Adobe.com. I just did a review of Teen Titans Go to the Movies, which was an awful lot of fun. I, I promote that movie. I would definitely say go see it. Mm-hmm. Um, going to Brick Fair this coming week here wow. in the D.C. area. It's going to be at Dell's Town Center next week. Um, also, Fairfax Comic Con is coming up the end of August. Right. Uh, got some great guests. Take Give that a look. Um, other than that, I've got some things that I'm working on writing, and that's really about it for me. 
I got you. Okay. And of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television series. We're on uh, Saturdays and Sunday nights here on Arlington Independent Media at 8 p.m. Also, you can check out more of Fantastic Forum via the Fantastic Forum website at fantasticforum.tv. And this show re-airs every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Be sure to tune in if you miss any portion of what we're doing. Be sure to stick around also right after us for Sounds of the City with J.A. the DJ. He is in the house and getting ready to come on. Thank you so much. Uh, Tune in again. Same bat time, same bat station.